Today on We Did The Talk, we cover part two with our talk with Matt Drew on music and inspiration and everything else. We Did The Talk. So, and, and you know, as far as as that's super fascinating on both parts, uh, that that how you guys can both be really good artists in what you do, but get to your end point completely different ways, um, and that Nate's improvisation is based on theory, and Matt's is based on uh, like completely in your head, and like things that see. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it was just intuitive to you that this is this works you just knew if i do this it's gonna work oh yes yes i mean yeah i like the i i feel it out i mean i i came to find out years later that paul mccartney plays by ear and can't read music as well so i was like oh if a beetle can do this same exact thing that i'm doing then i i'm i'm in good company you know this guy this guy plays multiple instruments doesn't read music and he's a genius and and that that was like so inspiring to me where you know it's like this whole i i everything is feel based for me and when i'm playing music it's all like i'm just what emotions am i feeling from the chords that i'm playing i play chords that interest me i i put the notes together in ways that are are emoting i try to make my chords emote as much as possible i play the notes together that sound the best to the feeling i'm feeling and yes they're rooted in real chords but they're they're very weird frankenstein versions of chords that i'm creating in a way that makes sense to the emotion i'm trying to go for and i i mean i know this may sound pretentious as well but it's it's something i do in my music i try to i try to make the the music itself with the melodies that i'm singing over it match a certain emotion together so they are both saying something and each part that i lead into i try to expand on it or add a different color to it and try to do the process in a way that flows from the first thing i love that and i and that i think is a lot of that like thread where you, you see that there's something there and you know if you pull it, you'll eventually get a full a full thread there um, of something that, that's pretty cool. Uh, and it sounds like you're also seeing the color of the thread and, you know, that it, it's a rainbow in your case. Um, so I, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, and now, Nate, with you, it sounds like it's a little more deliberate as far as, as music theory goes where you're saying you're thinking, will this make sense to, to other people? I would say it's so how do you put this so the idea generation process is more just kind of out there and just exploratory right because i don't know what i'm playing i'm okay. just playing lots of different things you know i like sewing for an mm-hmm. hour or just kind of riffing for an hour or just messing around and so that's the kind of generation process and then once i get a couple ideas or get one idea that maybe i want to progress further then it's kind of more the deliberate process of kind of working it into like a structure and kind of fitting these ideas into like a cohesive piece. It's kind of like the difference between having an idea for a book and then kind of actually writing the book. Like for writing the book, you have to figure out the timeline, how things fit together, who the characters are, you know, what, what's going to happen, you know, at what point, what time, and all this kind of stuff. So there's all these different aspects to say the the uh, process of actually making the piece which i think are very technical in my brain but kind of the you know the idea for the piece is not really technical i'm not think you know you can't really 
come up with a great idea with music theory because mm. it doesn't tell you whether the idea is great or not. You know, that, that's what you determine by generating that idea. But let's say you have so some sort of technical issue or trying to like get the song arrangement good somewhere. Sometimes having some technical prowess or kind of uh, just intuition works as well because a lot of times it is intuitive. But let's say that you're not quite sure where to go, kind of taking your toolbox out and just saying, okay, let's let's get this over here or let's resolve this here because this works a little bit better. Let's build up a little tension with a little bit more dissonance with uh, this chord and maybe we can say, kind of bring out a bit more of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I've actually, I've, I've heard that there are musicians out there who have said like, like Berkeley graduates and people who have said that they ruined music for themselves on a creative level because they learned too much about it. So it was just like math to them. At that point, they didn't have the same kind of feeling that they had in their early years discovering the instrument where they were, they were able to come up with ideas with the instrument and they weren't afraid of the rules and they were a little bit more like willing to like like just discover rather than like overanalyze it and then they get to the point where it's all like they get everything gets too technical to the point where they just can't remove themselves from it enough to create anything because they're they're so like laser focused on like oh what is the time signature in this oh how is this going to fit together how is this going to do this how is this and they get too lost in the details almost to like really view it as like something that is kind of free and more flowy idea type stuff it really depends on the person because each person has their own different personality yeah. like perspectives so like my personality i have to understand things fully to really like kind of get them the reason why i actually took up a guitar was because i heard metallica play their guitars and i just didn't know how they're making the sound that they were creating and it just like it just confused me so i, I needed to like dive into it and understand how all of it worked not just like on like a you know what they're playing playing with the guitar but also like how the guitar was actually creating that sound and you know how those sounds interacted and that, mm -hmm. you know the chords that are playing and how those chords actually sound good and you know i could play more than one note and actually not sound like shit so for me, that's kind of my personality. Some people, if you start teaching them rules and start teaching them, like say it's this all this kind of theory background, they feel like they have to stay within these these lines and they kind of feel constrained. And if that's the kind of person they are, then probably learning too much about theory is not good. Like maybe bare minimum, you know, know what an A minor yeah. chord is, you know, C minor, you know, C minor, know some basic scales, just so that someone tells you, hey, we're playing this song in F sharp. You know, you know where to go on your guitar or your instrument, but you know if that kind of constrains you or kind of limits your your creativity, then theory may not be the best because your personality may not speak a match for it. Maybe more the intuition side is uh, better. I can't really speak like musically like you guys can. Um, everything I can do is just all all lyrically, um, and, and you know I. And anytime we're, we talk about art, you're always going to end up feeling pretentious, or at least I always do. I know Matt said it like three or four times. So we'll just throw the feeling pretentious out the window and just just talk pretentious that it is what it is. We're talking about art. Um, and, and but so I can't really speak musically, but lyrically, I know sometimes I'll I'll get like what you guys are saying with the little thread where I'll have like one line that I really like. Uh, I wrote a whole a whole uh, song about. Um, based on one line that I liked, it I just thought it sounded cool. I, I was thinking about the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and I changed that to um, 
Equestrians of Misery, and I liked the way that sounded. So then I just rhymed with it a couple times uh, and and changed four because it's a homonym with F-O-R and F-O-U-R. So four Equestrians of Misery, the quest begins in mystery. And I thought that just sounded cool. So then I like wrote a whole song and that that was starting with a thread and then crafting something from there based on that tiny little nugget, based on that little seed, watering that seed and and caring for it until it grows. Uh, I think there's another way that inspiration can strike, though, and that's more like a lightning bolt where the entire thing or at least in my experience, like is in my head and I just need to write as fast as I can because it's all, it's all there. And I know I'm like, Oh shit. And I just have to get it out. And if I don't, it's gone. It's, it's gone on to somewhere else and, and it's gone. But if I'm able to get it down, I have a whole fucking piece right there. There's no crafting. It's already built. It's me. I am the, the medium through which it needs to pass through, which is fascinating as well. I've had that so much. That reminds me of like dreams. Like sometimes you will have a dream, you wake up and you can remember everything but the dream. Then about five minutes later, you know, you forget the dream. Now, if you take the second and start writing down that dream right after you wake up, you can remember all of it. You can write it down. But if you don't take that opportunity and actually like capitalize on it, then that dream is not going to be realized anywhere. It's, it's going to be forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, no, I that that that's the thing, man. It's like you're trying to capture this this fleeting thing. It's just there's nothing like that feeling of trying to to go after this thing that's slipping through your hands in the moment. You you know that if you if you don't do it right in that moment, you're going to lose it and just kind of working against the clock with it. And like for me, it's always just like I immediately pull out my phone, just start recording the moment I have like an idea that I just got to get out and it's just it's just there's nothing there's nothing better than that feeling when you get on the other side of it and you're like looking at it and you're like holy shit like this is wow like i did not have this an hour ago and this is right here this is just something i'm extremely proud of or something and it's just that feeling that that emotional roller coaster is just like nothing else it's something that i like it's like a high almost Mm -hmm. i don't know and it's fascinating because like one there was one instance where i got that and i started writing and i made it about halfway and i'm like i'll craft the rest later and i was never able to go back and make it along that same it, it didn't have the same flow the same rhythm the same passion it was just it's it is what it is i have half a song now and there's nothing i will ever be able to do with that Maybe in 30 years, I'll be able to look back at it and be like, I get it again. But in, you know, in for the foreseeable future, I don't see that happening. I had an experience one time and I'm hoping you guys can relate. So I, it, it's, it's riff related. So I made this awesome riff and I worked on it like all night and I kept on playing it. I recorded it. And this was like the best riff I've ever made. Like I played it over and over again and I was just amazed. I'm like, this is great. Like this is actually be radio shit right here. Like. And then the next day, I listened back to it. I'm like, oh, that's Black Sabbath. <laughs> now, you know I can agree. I can relate to that. Except mine was with Albert Einstein. <laughs> Sometimes you just think you're such a genius, and then you realize, no, I'm not. I'm just recycling stuff I've heard and maybe just slightly changing it. I'm just literally it. stealing. I'm just literally stealing. There's actually a story about that from... Uh, like a very famous musician, uh, Steve Vai. He's like a famous guitarist. Mm-hmm. 
and he came up with this uh this great song and uh he was asked in an interview like oh did you like draw inspiration from this from this other song this this melody this other popular song and he's like no no see that song was like this do 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 my song was like do 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 oh shit it, it's it's the same oh okay i guess i did like he didn't even realize it until he was questioned <laughs> on it that he just drew that inspiration hey matt you ever accidentally stolen a song no uh well actually here's the thing i um actually so that yeah I, I guess i guess like it was just never got past the inception phase i was working with my guitarist zach at the time and well i'm still working on them so I was working with my guitar sack and we were playing new stuff that I, I had written because I bring him songs that I'm working on and he writes riffs over them. And I kept, I had this new song that I kept like pushing. I was like, man, we got to work on this song. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, we got to work. And he never says just flat out no to a song. Cause it's like, usually he'll let's play ball with whatever I bring him, Right. But like, I was like, why don't you want? And then he goes, you keep playing it. And it keeps sounding like Nelly Furtado. And I'm like, I'm not ripping off Nelly Furtado, man. He goes, you rip it off Nelly Furtado. That song is a Nelly Furtado song. And I'm like, it is not a Nelly Furtado song. And then I listened to the Nelly Furtado song. And I was like, you know, actually it is a Nelly Furtado <laughs> song. And I shouldn't be doing it. Well, that's great that you asked yes, only your corner is able to identify like that. That's why I never wanted to be a solo artist. I always wanted to be in a band. I wanted somebody else's perspective. Because you knew like, ultimately like you when, would become Nelly. <laughs> I, I know me. You guys know me. I know me. Why Why would I leave myself in sole responsibility in my music? You let me lose? Come Guaranteed. On. I'm going to become Nelly Furtado. No question. Don't, don't give me keys to the zoo. You know it's a bad idea. I know it's a bad idea. Those animals are going to go out running. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love it. So what, what do you do in situations where inspiration strikes and you can't do anything about it? <clears throat> like, let's say you, you're struck by inspiration, right? You have a whole, you're like, wow, oh, this is fucking good. Uh, I got to do something about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chicken fingers. But you're, but you're in a, <laughs> but you're in a public, uh, mcdonald's bathroom or some shit like you can't you're 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 on okay. a hot date I, I don't know you you can't right now you can't what do you what what happens i mean that that's happened only a couple of times usually i'll pull out my phone and just do a video of me singing a melody mm -hmm. and then i can go back to it and kind of fiddle around and you know it's like i don't even think any of those have ever actually brought anything to fruition or anything like that i don't think it's ever like you know like i ever like struck gold with my best song from something that i was like standing in line at a bank and i was like Mama, that's how it happens baby and then i'm like six months later that song's all over the radio people are like the cars in the distance you're hearing that song and you're like matt man that that you know, I was I was uh, I was de depositing that day, but you know, with all the money I'm going to make from that song, it's going to be all withdrawals from here on out. You know, yeah, and then you, you played it back to the teller, and she's like, "This is fine." <laughs> she's like, "Whoa, what is that?" She's like, "Is it on Spotify?" I'm like, "Not yet, honey." Your song's playing in my in car. Version, Hear me yeah. screaming, "Yeah, I made it." And then what's your next line though? What's your next line though? How are you going to rhyme that? Well, that was the rhyme from an earlier. An earlier line that was the end of of that one but you but you gotta you gotta bring it all full circle again 
you gotta lean into you know because eminem will have whole bars where everything rhymes with the same word and it can all just be like yeah you put me there in the air with the, the bear and you, you give me a scare and you share and sunny but he don't care and the mamas and the papas and the children too no because now i'm changing the rhyme i can't well, can do it see i'm rhyme, not as good as eminem but then he has two different sets of rhymes going and then three different sets and then yeah. rhyming just parts yeah, of words. just layers them just yeah it's it's all becomes layers after that yeah and i mean that's that's great but i don't think that's a necessary in every song necessarily it's not absolutely not that would be gratuitous that would be gross so i think my approach when inspiration strikes or i get like a great idea is uh you, you know, and I can't utilize it or let's say I'm too tired or, you know, whatever. Like you wake up in the middle of the night. There's, there's a Mitch Hedgeberg joke that, that describes this perfectly. Like if you have that great idea, that strike of inspiration, you can't act on it or don't want to act on it because you're too lazy. Uh, you spend about five minutes convince yourself it actually wasn't that great of an idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Imagine. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's a what's a huge song? What is a huge song? What's like, let's uh, Stairway to Heaven. I thought Stairway to Heaven at first, but then I remember that Led Zeppelin stole that song anyways. So what if the guy who actually wrote the song that Led Zeppelin stole from to make Stairway to Heaven dismissed the idea of Stairway to Heaven in its first inception? That first do, 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 do. That's not how Wait, it goes. What? I know, but we Just imagine that he was singing Stairway to Heaven in that moment. Imagine <laughs> in his head, he notes. came up with. He he. Okay, so imagine not those notes, but you know the stairway to heaven. Oh notes, yeah, that right? co- that. that do, 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 do. <laughs> See, you can't do it. No one can do oh, it. Oh, I'm stuck anyway. now. Do, 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 no one can actually do, see. Do, 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 do. Hmm. No, that sounds like ABCs. <laughs> no, see, and then imagine if he dismissed that hmm. thought in his head, like he was like, "Oh, it probably wasn't a great idea, anyways. I'll just write another song." And then we never got stairway to heaven, Pepin. Think about Where's Shakespeare that. just like it's like to be or not to be, yeah, too, too hard to write. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll get it tomorrow. Redundant. I mean, that is the question. It's probably stupid. Cool. Why am I saying that? There's the probably like a lot of things out there like that, like where someone comes up with great brewing ideas and they're just too lazy to actually act on them. They're like, hey, yeah, let's do this thing. I don't know. This seems like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Pepin, I like this idea. I actually feel like this should be a show where it's this idea of people being too lazy, not wanting to actually come up with these ideas. We can go through history in the show and just whoever, like the inventor or the songwriter, just have them initially coming up with an idea and then talking themselves out of it so it never gets invented or it never gets made. I love this show. It's great. Talk really quick. Like, guy comes up with a cure for cancer. I don't know. I. I mean, do we really not like cancer? Like, do we? Like, whatever. I don't know. I got, I'm hungry. You know, I don't want to do all the but work. But I think there's something innate about art and about, like, uh, creating art that makes you, when you know something really speaks on, a, on, on like, a soul, a, a level in your soul that it, you, like, have to make it happen. You have to to bring it out. Uh, going Back to Leonard Cohen, there's tons of stories about him writing hallelujah and him on the ground pound in the recording studio pounding his fists and his head 
on the ground literally crying while trying to write this because he knew he had something amazing and he just couldn't make it work perfectly until he did. And is the suffering of not, you know, the the old cliche of an artist suffering and struggling because they can't make money because they're an artist. I think that's stupid. I, I more like the idea of an artist suffering because they have something inside them that they're trying to convey and then the satisfaction of actually being able to do that. And that's as close to self-actualization as you can get to be able to actually truly express yourself in a way that, um, you know, other people will, will be able to, to actually see. Yeah. I get where, what they're saying. I don't know. Cause I, I think no, there's a yeah. distinction there between say the, there's like two different sides. I mean, they're kind of, somewhat linked but in music there's like the improvisation side and there's kind of the uh the more creation side and the improv side like people will come up with great stuff and just sounds amazing and, and you know it's good and maybe it's not like the most say fulfilling or well-crafted piece out there but like take a lot like a lot of jazz like a lot of jazz artists like they just make up what they're playing and what they're playing is great and th that's kind of like the the fun and the uh, intrigue in it is this is kind of going off the hook and kind of crazy uh, and, you know, you could say that maybe they are pouring a lot of their soul into it, but they're not killing themselves to create the improv. This is kind of happening in the moment. It's kind of the point of the improv. You know, maybe they are doing a lot of practice, wearing licks, playing scales, kind of figuring things out. But it's I don't think they're having that same sort of emotional downfall. Whereas if somebody's trying to create something, say, larger than themselves and trying to, like, actually sculpt, say, nature to their will then that, that's a little bit different, I think, because I, th I think that actually might involve the soul, which is not to say that improv doesn't involve soul, because I'm not trying to make that distinction. I'm just trying to say, like, I, I don't think it's necessarily true, especially on the improv community side, because I, I think they're more likely to, to just kind of be going with the moment. Okay, Pepin, I just want to say that I don't know what kind of vendetta you have against improvisation artists. Um, I know you're trying to start a war right now in the comment sections. I just want to go down. I don't I don't agree with anything he said about the improvisational artists. I love them. I've always loved them. I've always stood with them. Sorry. Anyways. Okay. No, I understand what you're saying. I understand there is there is there this emotional thread in certain types of music and certain types of writing that when you get through it, it really is this like holy smokes. It's like this fulfilled, like full circle type feeling emotionally that you you come to. But like with some music, it's just not like that and it can't be like that. Some music, of course, is like just more free and it's more of a process where it's just kind of a collection of ideas or it's something that's a little bit looser or lighter in in feeling but i mean i do the more emotional stuff i'm way more into the like if i'm writing a song it's going to be this emotional journey that i go through on throughout the song with the listener and that's how that's why how my songs are so when i come to the end of them i see a lot of that thing that steve was saying where I see that full circle, I see that fulfillment on the other side of getting something out that I just couldn't get out before. I'm going to make one more analogy here. So I think with improvisers, it's more like something's moving through them. It's like they get kind of uh, encapsulated or kind of taken over by spirit. Whereas with more the creative side, it's kind of like you become that thing you're creating. Like, like I think maybe that's the distinction. I'm not sure if that's clear, but... No, I, 
you're definitely it's like trying to trying to recreate a thing that you've known experienced versus trying to express what you're currently feeling and that's really the the big difference there you building a plane with all of the 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 pieces of of a plane you have here based on a, a blueprint and that you don't have but you know what the final thing's supposed to look like and you're trying to make it up based on these pieces or just building whatever you build out of those pieces and whatever comes out is great because that's what came out in that moment and there's a i think there's a big difference there because one there's not really a wrong way to to improvise something um that's not to say that that some improvisation may not uh, be be better than others in a, in a, a subjective or even an objective way in, in a lot of cases, but that there's a finality, that there's a completion benefit to creating something that has like uh, that has a focus, that has an end goal, versus just trying to be expressive for the sake of expression, regardless of what that is. One genre i find kind of interesting with improvisation is uh blues and kind of uh a lot of rock so let's think pink floyd for instance so pink floyd has the guitarist uh david gilmore and most of the solos he does are kind of in a blues style and they may not come across as blues but they're very bluesy and a lot of times when he actually recorded the real solo you know on the album he had just did a whole bunch of improvs over and over again and eventually he came upon something that he you know like he kind of maybe either cut stuff together or they he has found all these ideas that worked across all the solos and kind of put them together for something which is more complete and kind of going with the song. Like, say, Comfortably Numb, you can look at, like, some of the other demos of it, and the solo's not quite the same, but pretty similar. You see him play live, and you'll oftentimes kind of deviate from actually what the uh, album is because he's just kind of making it up. You know, partially it's these ideas he already has, which, you know, sound good with it, but it's kind of like he will fly away and come back and fly away, come back. So I, I think sometimes there's like a, a little bit of a mesh between those two as well. But I, I think I may have interrupted you there, Steve, if you were going to say something else. So, so Matt, now you, uh, you and Zach are a band called Omosis. Yes, and Omosis. And you guys released uh, an album fairly recently. Well, yes, we released an EP. It was called The Company You Keep. And it's on Spotify. If anyone has Spotify, I know it's on all streaming mm-hmm. music services. So if you're somebody who listens to what, what is the other one? Um, SoundCloud, I Apple, Amazon, Apple, uh, YouTube. It's on all of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's everywhere where you can find it. So yep. uh, yeah, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's my it's my musical main project here and um it's it's something that very excited about we're working on another single right now as well so hopefully you know we can get this out soon and um you know give something give people something to listen to during this pandemic you know absolutely and i this terrible terrible (laughs) pandemic and and i i honestly and truly love the album i go back and i listen to it frequently and a lot of times i'll just text you matt and i'm like hey just listen to your album again today just reminding you this <laughs> fucking rocks um thanks man. because yeah. it, it really does it, it tells a story and it, it it encapsulates a lot of a lot of emotion and a lot of different emotion throughout the course of the whole ep um starting in one place and and ending in in a different place to a degree um it's i 
I really love it. The final, the rest, the final uh, track on the EP is uh, blew my mind the first time I heard it. I think I listened to it like 15 times in a row. I'm like, this song is amazing. Um, and, and for people who are, who you know, who are looking for it, uh, omoses.com will have all of the links to all of the places that you can listen to it. So feel free to just jump over there and take a, take a listen. But um, I think it, you and Zag made an amazing, amazing EP. Um, and I'm saying that both as a longtime fan of Matt Drew music and uh, um, as just a longtime fan of, of music in general. Um, it, it has an indie feel, but it also has a, a familiar feel, very new with a lot of old. Ele- it's brilliant. Highly, highly suggested. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that, man. Thank you so much. That's that's. So nice. I mean, we worked for so long on it and we we worked on all of the details with it to death. We made sure that it was everything we wanted it to be to a T. And the way that me and Zach works is, you know, I, I come up with these songs and then he like puts it in this in the universe that he creates in his world with all of his riffs. And he has like these effects and everything because he's, he's a producer, too. He's actually producing the music, too. So he's a lot of what makes the EP so great is what Zach is doing. And um, his riffs just elevate everything that I write so much. And it's just I like like listening to it. It is like I wanted it to be this emotional journey. I wanted it so every song was different from every song was unique. So there's not two of the same song on that five song EP. Every single song adds something different to the overall picture. I wanted it to feel like an emotional journey. And then I like in the EP, I know I am warning. I know we are supposed to drop the word pretentious, Mm -hmm. but this sounds so pretentious. I need to say I need to bring it up. In the in the first song, the first line of the the EP is in the first year, and in the the last line of the EP is I'd rather just look back. Mm-hmm. So I I did that on purpose. Nobody's gonna know that. Nobody's gonna care to know that. But it's something that I did for me. I was like writing this EP and I was putting it together, thinking uh, in a lot of cases, like some songs. Yeah, I brought in there. Like Blind Love has nothing to do with the creation of the EP, but we like really liked that song from our earlier years so we looped it in there but a lot of the ep i was writing it and i was kind of thinking about the overarching story that i was telling in certain spots on it which was i think that uh it was like everything i always wanted growing up and i always wanted to do a musical thing project where i could like tell an overarching emotional story and at the same time completely show my musical um you know like range i would say Mm. and and it's it's fascinating because i think you said it really well when you said that it no two tracks are the same you're getting a full smorgasbord of different things and i think even within the same songs um is blind is blind love the one that is a um that's like a single that had that got some radio play and uh, you got that one really and it's kind of a more upbeat like what you would expect to hear on the radio but then you actually like listen and think about the lyrics and it's dissonant to the tone of this music in and of itself and i think that i think that kind of uh I, i think that contrast encapsulates the whole of the album in that 
the way that the music's making you feel may not be in completely uh, it, it married to like what the actual lyrics are and what is being portrayed as the story. And really, I think it kind of fits along with the tone or the 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 theme of the whole album as a whole. Uh, and now, I, I as the artist, I'd love to. So, a lot of my impression of this is about a, a relationship that is sour and maybe even I I don't know if I want to go abusive, but like not. It's not necessarily a, a good relationship, but. There are moments of good. There are moments of of, but you know overall, it really was never going to work. But you tried anyway. You tried to make it work, and it just didn't work. Is that is that somewhat on on uh, on brand there? So I mean, the thing is, my songs are never specific. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I try to sing about like conceptual stuff in my in my. Well, I guess they they can be specific to certain situations but like lyrically they'll never be specific so to speak i will always take i'll take real emotions that i felt from real real life experiences and then i will kind of create a world in which i can express those emotions through like the the words are about the emotions not about the actual events that took place um with that song that's like more my relationship with with love and i think up until that point or whatever i thought it was when i wrote that um, that was that was something that I was like, like, I feel like also like kind of reacting to my parents divorce. I think when I wrote that song, I, I felt my parents drift apart and I felt this love that they had for each other. And I know that even to this day, there is a part of my mother who loves my dad and there's a part of my dad who loves my mother so much and there's like this deep love in there but there's so much other bullshit in there that 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 love will never you know and she's happy and he's happy and they shouldn't be together absolutely it's smart that they're not together but like i feel like a lot of those emotions of and i i think even at the time i wouldn't have admitted this but i know that like therapeutically i look back at a lot of the lyrics i wrote from younger years and i like find things that correlate with emotions that i was feeling at the time for things that were going on at the time Mm. and for that song it was very much like like the idea of how beaten and battered love can be and still survive and that was kind of the whole idea going into that song and 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 now i like i unpack certain things like that and you know it's it's all it's like i i'm always rooting stuff in heavy emotions that i'm going through so is that to say that the album is not is not uh, a narrative in and of itself? I mean, you you said yourself earlier that the first the first line is in the first year, and then the last line is, but I'd rather just look back, and that that meant something. It does. It does, and that's the thing is because not every song is like the the whole EP is about. It's it's all about emotions that I've felt and that I currently feel. Of course, in some cases, they're the songs i mean the ep i wanted to have this whole like like general idea of like like the reason why i'm even doing all these songs for you listener is because i'm looking back and i i unpack this stuff and this is stuff that that i am i am bringing up and that kind of message is like in the first year i'm looking back at like the first year and then at the end i'm like i'd rather look back because that's the state that i'm in 
you know it's like i look back at all of those things i mean musically that's what i do that's what my music is about because like i feel like it frees up my like it's weird it's like this dual personality thing where i feel like my musically when i'm writing lyrics i i want to have meat emotional meat to what i'm what i'm singing about because that adds a realness and a and a it grounds your music in a real way when it is deeply rooted in real emotion and real experience. And then, but at the same time, my personal life, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like constantly bogged down by everything that I've experienced. I like to live a life where I can be in the moment and I can, I can be free in the moment to be connected to, to my lovely, lovely girlfriend, Danielle. Like I want to be connected to her in the moment. I don't want to be like out of like obsessing about my past. So that's, it's a great therapeutic way that I always have an outlet to deal with whatever fucked up shit I've experienced, I always have an outlet in my music where I can funnel these emotions into, and it gives me so much meat on the bone to pull from. And, um, and the, the EP is very much where every song is its own story and experience. They all are interconnected by that, that overarching feeling that I'm, I'm going through these together. Mm. And I've definitely felt that from, from writing as well. Uh, Nate, how about you? Do you do you feel that sometimes your writing can be used as a cathartic way to deal with uh, past things that maybe you haven't processed yet, or giving yourself time to to actually think through? Uh, well, yeah, probably. But uh, I'm actually going to answer this question next time on the podcast because, hey, we're at 37 minutes of this one, so hey, let's end it here. Yeah, let's do that because we need to talk. <laughs>